Hello, and welcome to the Living the Dream podcast, where we explore the untold adventures of Disney cast members. I'm your host, Brian McDevitt Jr., and I was a Disney cast member once upon a time. In those parks, I had some of the most magical and life-changing adventures of my life. I created this podcast to share those stories and other cast member stories with you. Today on the program, I have Andrew, who is a Disney College Program alumni. While there, he was a mechanic at Luigi's Flying Tires in Carsland, and he's currently a team lead in onboarding at Paychex. We're going to be talking to him about his stories working in and exploring the parks, what it was like off-duty at DCP Apartment Complex, Carnegie Hall, and how those adventures led him to self-acceptance. Before that, be sure to like and share the video and follow us on social media. Links are in the description. Also, please reach out if you're a cast member with a story to tell. We wanna hear from you. And though this channel mainly focuses on theme park cast members, Disney employees have magical experiences from all parts of the company and I wanna hear about them. So I wanna make this very clear. Kevin Feige, legendary Marvel movie producer, my friend, you have an open invitation to join me at any time on this show. Now, let the adventure begin. I'd like to welcome Andrew to the show. Hi, Andrew. How are you, my buddy? Hey, Brian. I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, thank you for joining and sharing your story. Um, let's begin with uh, what is the Disney College Program? Let's start there. Okay. Uh, that's actually a question that I get a lot and I still get that from family members. Um, so, so the Disney college program is an opportunity to not only learn from Disney and the guest experience, the world-class experience that they provide, um, but it's also a chance to work in the parks and while you're there, you earn, you earn college credit. So of course that kind of I don't know who that applies to or what that applies to necessarily, but you do earn college credit while you're there. Um, but it's an experience. So you're, you're essentially there for a semester. You work in the parks and you're learning from Disney hands-on. Good answer. Yeah, no, I mean, it's college credit if you take it, but I don't, I don't actually think I did. And I did the program like <laughs> twice. Yeah. I am not a smart man. Um, okay, so tell me about your path to the program. Like, why did you apply? Like, why did you, <clears throat> how'd you find it? Yeah, so so the path to the program is is actually um, for me it was I think it was like destined to happen or destined to be. But I was actually in my last semester in college, um, getting ready to graduate, and I was waiting in my guidance counselor's office. I was just sitting in the room, and looking back now, it's just kind of like one of those things where everything's super quiet. You have other people in the waiting room and you're just kind of looking around at everything that's just, you know, placed there. And I saw a pamphlet. I saw a pamphlet for the Disney College program. And that was the first time that I had ever really seen or heard about it. So I grabbed the pamphlet. I looked through it. Um, I think at that point I had gotten called in by my guidance counselor, but I took that pamphlet home with me. So that was, again, that was my first exposure. I started looking at things online. I started looking at the website um, and then I actually think right after that is when I applied for it. So again, it, it wasn't anything that anybody had brought to my attention. I had mentioned it to a friend and she said that she actually did that um, in California. So that was something that that kind of even motivated me more to apply for it. Um, 
But yeah, I think it was all pretty smooth. I'll, I'll be honest with you, that last semester in college was just very stressful. It was a blur. There was so many different things going on. But I think that was one thing that I was really holding on to was I really want to try to do this because when I'm done with this semester, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't really have any plans. I don't have a career lined up. Um, I kind of wanted to do that whole backpacking type adventure where you're leaving home and you, you kind of just mm -hmm. rest for a minute before going back into the into the real world. So you went um, seeking answers. Yeah, I did. I think I think originally that was my motivation for joining was it was kind of like a, an opportunity for me to get out of and away from home and do something completely different at that time. So interview, pro interview process wise, it actually, it went through pretty quickly. I remember doing the online questionnaire. I think they do a, a follow-up and then they send you an email. Yeah. There's like a phone interview. Did you, anything uh, noteworthy happen during the phone interview? The phone interview. I remember I had to sneak out of class. I was, I was <laughs> in, yeah, I was, I was in a class and this was like late. I think this was like seven or eight at night. And I remember thinking like, all right, I have to do this. So I, I was an art student and I had access to some of the old art exhibits, um, which is, you know, what I was working with at, at the time. So I, I walked across campus, I snuck into this art exhibit and I had it all to myself. So it's like a, almost like a pitch black room, everything's painted black. And I sat there and I waited for the phone call and I was so nervous, but the lady was, I just remember she was like the sweetest person that I'd ever spoken to. And I feel like that's Disney. Anybody that you, you speak to from Disney, it's like they just kind of make you want to go and work for them. So, yeah, I spoke with her. I, I don't really remember the questions too much, but I'm sure they were like behavioral based. Right. Like, so what do you do if yes. this happens or how do you create special moments for other people? Also, they just like they're looking for that personality trait. Like, are you energetic? That's a big yes. one. That's that's what I think got me in. Because I can yeah. turn it up to, what, 14 when I want to? <laughs> From 0 to 14, yeah. yeah that's... It, well, <laughs> I think that's exactly what they were looking for, too. I think they were, mm -hmm. they were kind of gauging the conversation that you were having. Mm -hmm. Because if you can have this open and fun and energetic conversation, I think that's, that's really the base of all they want. So Absolutely. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. So shortly after that, um, I think it was within weeks, I actually got an email. So again, still at school. Everything was either through email or, or something like that. But I remember um, driving to one of my other classes. I saw an email come through and then I immediately started to freak out. So I parked my car because I was looking at my phone. <laughs> I'll admit it. I parked my car. That was very good of you. <laughs> yeah. Very then, safe. Uh, very safe. So I read through it and then it basically just tells you congratulations. Welcome to the program. Mm -hmm. Here are some links. And I just remember messaging my family and texting everybody and calling everybody. It was awesome. Now, let me ask you, was this your first time leaving home when you did the program? Um, yeah, for the most part. I mean, I had traveled, but it's either with school or family. So this was the mm -hmm. first time that I had moved out. I actually lived with my parents through college just to save money. So this was like my first time moving out and then just being away. And what was that like, like leaving home for the first time to go work in an amusement park? Um, I was afraid, honestly, I was really scared. Yeah. Like I had knots in my stomach because in my mind, I was, my plan at that time when I got accepted was, okay, if I can work at Disney, stay there, my plan is to try to live in California and make something of myself there. So to me, that was like, 
all of these open doors and opportunities were like right in front of me. So I was, it's kind of like my knees were shaking a little bit, basically. Yeah, I remember like thinking like it's just this weird moment, like as you're becoming an adult and you're just like, I remember standing there and be like, yeah, no one's going to stop me from doing this. No one's going to tell me this is a bad idea. <laughs> like no one, no yeah. adult's going to step in here. All right, I guess I'm going. Yeah, it's a weird, it was a weird feeling. I actually, I like that you say that too, because it, again, it was, I had had so much structure in my life and, and people telling me what to do. And this was one thing that I had, I had done for myself and I accepted it for myself. And I was like, okay, um, I'm going to jump into this. And it's actually funny because my mom ended up telling me years later, she had a conversation with my older brother and I guess she had broken down to him about me going and she wanted to like tell me that she she didn't want me to go I guess in a sense and he was like mom you can't show any emotion you have to support him you can't cry because then he's probably going to want to stay so you have to like reserve yourself to allow him to go and figure things out for himself so yeah yeah. one of the things I always like to think of as far as the program goes is that it's a really good way to learn how to stand on your feet with the safety net Mm mm-hmm like learning how to make that transition out of like dependent upon like my parents and then moving to to be your own person it's a very good transitionary uh program in my opinion but um now what i want to ask you is um what was it like when you showed up like your first few days what was that like so i i packed up my truck my parents and my younger brother We'd all drove out there. They kind of said their goodbyes. We spent a couple of days before the program started. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting there and it's kind of like the first day of school. And I'm that kind of person that worries like, who am I going to talk to? Who am I going to sit with that lunch? Again, I have no adult here to account for me. <laughs> so like <laughs> here I am. And I'm, I mean, I'm technically, I'm like, what, 22 years old at this point. Like I'm an adult. I could, I could do things for myself. I've done it, but I get there and, I just remember everybody was moving in with, you know, their bags and and their parents. It was almost like when you move into college, when you're moving into the college dorms, that was exactly the same type of vibe. Um, But this was different because they were going to leave. I was a state away. I wasn't going to see them after that day. Um, But it was a blur. I just remember having to do um, a lot of checking, checking in. I had to grab my bags, carry that up to um, the dorm. And then the very last person... Um, I know you know him, Daryl. Daryl came in with all of these bags, the very last person to drag all of his stuff after everybody had checked in. And of course, he just makes the most dramatic entrance because that's just who he is, larger than life. Um, But it was, yeah, I I would say move-in day was a little hectic. It was just, okay, where do I go? Who do I talk to? And then I remember there was a little festivity at the end of the day, too, where we all had to come down and we can... I think they had music and some food and some drinks to introduce stuff. So that was day. Yeah, it was a fun time. Mm-hmm. And now what about you? The first time you stepped through the park as a cast member, what was that like? Oh my gosh. Now that, I think that was the one thing that we were waiting for. And I'm sure you remember, I think when we went through orientation, they told us it's, it's going to be some time before we get your IDs activated. So you can start going into the parks, mm-hmm. you know, as, as often as you'd like. And I remember when we got the notification that, okay, now they're good to go. You can go into the parks. I think uh, my roommates and I, we all went that very first night. And that was, from there, it was just, 
it was cool. It, it's different than when you go with your family or, you know, I'm sure everybody has their Disney story of when they go every year for a vacation. Um, but this was a little different. You get kind of like this front of the line pass that gets you into the park whenever the heck that you want. And it was, it really was the most magical thing. So the first time in the park as a cast member, it was, it was really exciting. It was super cool. Fantastic. Now let's uh, pivot over to uh, Luigi's Flying Tires. You were mm-hmm. a mechanic, I hear? Yeah, was, so I was a mechanic in Luigi's Flying Tires. And uh, so they give you the option of you can choose as preference. Do you want to go to uh, Disneyland? Do you want to go to California Adventure? Mm-hmm. And then you also choose your list of priority. Do you want to work as a cast member in retail, food and beverage, so on and so forth? Um, so when you get your assignment, um, I ended up getting mine in Luigi's Flying Tires. And I only had one other cast member, or sorry, um, Disney College program um, person with me who started on day one. Everyone else that was there had already worked there. They'd been there for a while. So we were the newbies coming in. What I what I want to add is um, the uh, pro tip when you are doing the application process and listing like your favorites and you say like, you don't want to do food and beverage or uh, food service. Don't then mention your experience in food service. (laughs) That was my mistake. (laughs) Learn from my mistakes, kids. Yeah, that's actually, that's a really good note. I'm sure they're going to, you know, take that into account, but yeah, I'm sure depending on what your experience was, that's where they want to put you at. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So yeah, I got, I got what I wanted. I wanted to do an attraction. Um, And what was Luigi's like? What, what, what were some of the moments that happened there? Like what made that place special? I assume Uh, I, I, well, I'm assuming it was special to you. Like what does it have a special place in your heart? It does. I'll be honest. I, I didn't like cars. I didn't like cars. It wasn't my favorite Pixar. It was at the bottom of the list. Did you not um, get the memo? We're not doing negative stuff about Disney. Oh, on this podcast. so sorry. Why, you know what? Why, why are you I, doing this to me? I'm trying I to be friends with them. Cars. Um, just that is as better. As like Toy Story or. <laughs> that is better. So, so I grew to love cars even more. Actually, I, that's where I was going. I, I got a more of an appreciation for it because the first thing that you do in the morning is, is you wait in line to greet the guests. You do the rope drop where you get to walk everybody. Cause racers was the newest shiniest ride at the time. Mm-hmm. So you come in from the front of radiator Springs and you can see like, again, you can't see California. You're in cars land. You see the sunset or the sun rising, sorry. And you're walking into the park and everybody's waking up and it's, it's really magical. So yeah, I, I, I really grew an appreciation for cars, for Radiator Springs, the little intricacies of the music that they play. Mm-hmm. Um, when um, I think it's when the sun goes down, they start to play that song Shaboom. And then the lights, the neon lights start to come up. And oh, then, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. So they have that. And then they have that stop sign that's always has the red blinking light. Mm-hmm. So you start to notice those things. And I think for me, that was the experience was standing a lot and greeting the guests or just working in the line and, and going through that. I really just got to observe and watch people all day. So you not only get to help people, but you get to watch them. And I really started to pay attention to just the little details in every single part of that land. Um, and I love it. It's actually one of my favorite places to go. So I, I make a point to go there when I come into the park as a guest now. 
because I miss it. I miss the smells, um, the lights, the music, the characters, um, and even Luigi's flying tires. So it's, I don't think it's actually no longer there. It's, it's, um, it's a different ride now. They repurposed it. Oh. Um, but the ride that I was in, it, think of it as a giant air hockey table. There was huge tires on the floor that you could sit on. And when the air turned on, the tires filled with air and then they would float and you'd have to navigate yourself around to bump into other people. Um, so not a lot of people knew <laughs> what that was exactly yet to instruct them. Um, but it was really cool. It was, again, it was such a, a fun ride. The people there were really cool. I, I got to meet a lot of people that not only worked there through just not uh, through the college program, but also with the person that I had gone to the ride with as well. Fantastic. And do you have any uh, favorite or least favorite guest experiences? <laughs> um, I mean, I would say they were just all magical. Again, even the days that seemed pretty rough, there was always something that kind of flipped that, that stone over. Um, there was a magical moment that I got to create for a family that was visiting from Europe. I think it was a mom, a dad, and two kids. And it was their last day in the park. Um, and they were bummed out because they didn't get to go on racers again, shiny, brand new ride. You're talking like three, three and a half hour wait just to even get on. And it's so funny because that morning, my supervisor or team lead, they actually gave me tickets and said, at some point today, create a magical moment for someone and you give this to them. And I was just like, okay, cool. So I just, I had them in my little pocket. And when they were telling me that, yeah, the fast passes, right. They get you to the front of the line and, Mm -hmm. and you know, you get to wave them out. Um, so they're telling me this story and I'm like, this is literally so perfect. It all lined up for them. It all lined up for me. So I said, Hey, um, I'm really glad that you told me that let's make sure that you have the best last day that you're able to get on this ride. And I was able to actually give them tickets to move to the front and they were just so ecstatic. And those were the memories that I take with me the most is you get little moments like that to just turn someone's day around. So that was super cool. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's really incredible what, when you get the power to do something like that, when you get to really be that one component that made someone's vacation or someone's trip or made the experience magical. And it's uh, what makes the parks pretty special. And yeah. now um, you wanted to talk a little bit about your exploration of the parks, like on uh, your downtime. Yeah. So um, downtime wise, we again, we went into the parks whenever you get that, that your ID that you, you swipe, it just brings you into the park. Um, what was really cool about that too is um, I remember going into the park for the first time on my own. I didn't have my roommates with me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend a day and just sit there and hang out, go on my favorite rides. And when I went to parking, and again, this isn't parking. This isn't even at the parks. The man at the booth, when I, when I give him my ID, says, welcome home. And he legit had like a smile on his face and he was genuine about it. And it was the best feeling in the world. And I'm sure there's a Facebook post or a tweet somewhere that I put that mentioned that moment. Um, But that's the level of of magic that you get when you not only just are a guest there, but when you work there. Moment you get that special. Yeah. Yeah. It was special. It was something for me going to park my car and um, playing in the parks. I have all the stubs. I've saved them all from, from all the days. Really? That I went. <laughs> yeah. There was, well, there was a couple of people that had done that. I was like, you know, that's a great idea. I'm sure there's a couple of missed, but every time I went to the park, I kept all of my stubs. So I have them packed away somewhere. I have a DCP box and I've got to do something with it. Cause it's just been sitting in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it just, 
it, it's not anything that I had to do with my family. It was time for me. It was time for my new friends. And it wasn't even just about the rides anymore. It was about the shows. It was about sitting on uh, Main Street and having a Mickey bar or a churro and just really taking in the sights and people watching. So for me, a lot of the, um, again, experience was just going in and just being there all day long. And you can go and come as you please. Awesome. And then uh, I believe you want to share a story of a particularly awesome friend that got that helped you meet a very rare character appearance. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Okay. So yeah, mm-hmm. aside from just going into the park, you get to do cool stuff like ride some of the lights with mm-hmm. uh, or rides with the lights on. You get to do tours of behind the scenes. Oh you know, yeah. What rides? Explain that one. I forgot about that. Yeah. I did um, space mountain with the lights on. Yeah, I did too. Oh my gosh. That was you do not realize how close some of those tracks look. I but they're close. I have something to share about Space Mountain. I have the origin I, I have an irrational fear of decapitation on that ride because <laughs> I can't tell where everything is. Like I know I'm yeah. safe. Like I know I'm For safe, sure. but my brain doesn't believe it. And the lights on didn't help. Yeah, it still looked very close. I remember there's a part two, like you said, where I think there's a dip and there's a track just right above mm-hmm. it. And I never forgot about that. And I, I'm pretty sure when you're on the ride, you know when that is, even though it's in the dark. Oh, when I'm on it's the ride, terrifying. I'm just like turtle mode. <laughs> this is how I ride Space Mountain. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, it's a good ride. It's just scary for me for different reasons. Yeah. 100%. So you, you get to do stuff like that, right? You get to, yeah. you know, I, I know some people got to sign up to walk haunted mansion um without having to actually get on the little carts they got to walk through it and you know just really see everything um but aside from that so this is always 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 my favorite story to tell so this is actually regarding so brian's talking about himself he's talking about him he and it actually was that's unlike me (laughs) just watching a video before this where you mentioned for the first time and i'll send it to you where you're mentioning to a group of us sitting in one of the dorms or the rooms at carnegie Hey, I know a guy who is Sweetums and who is friends me, with Sweetums. He's friends with Sweetums, and Jeez. you have the opportunity to meet him. Just let me know. And everybody's just like, "Oh, okay." So this is me, you, and Sweetums is the big guy from the Muppets. If everyone, <laughs> just so everyone remembers, just Google Sweetums. <laughs> he's like the best Muppet. He he really is. He's got like that big bottom lip and the two teeth sticking out and he's got like the deep grouchy voice um so me you and your roommate lewis we all go into the parks and it's just supposed to be like a normal day and you keep telling us hey we're gonna meet sweetums i know sweetums and i'm like like i don't even i don't even know what's going on because this is like the end of the day this is like maybe an hour or so before the park's closing and you kind of tuck us away into i think where the monsters inc ride is at oh it's where the muppet theater was Yes, And it was off to the corner somewhere in the dark. And I was like, okay, are we going to get in trouble? Like, you know, I mean, not that you couldn't be there, but there wasn't anybody around every, you just have your regular guests off to the side. My favorite, my favorite experience ever. So Brian says, hold on, I'll be right back. He goes into the Muppet theater somewhere and he's there for a few minutes. And me and Lewis are just literally chit chatting or maybe like leaned up against the wall and, we're just talking about whatever. And then you hear the door open up to the side of the Muppet Theater and Sweetums pokes his head out. <laughs> and you, if you're listening to this, you really have to Google Sweetums' 
face so you can picture this in your head. Sweetums pokes his head out of the door and he says, hey, hey, you guys. And then me and Lewis legit just turn to the right and he's like, come on. <laughs> so we follow him backstage. I got to snap a picture with him. I sent that over to you two before this, but we got to meet Sweetums. It was the coolest thing ever. So you went on a real life Muppet adventure is what you're I saying. had a real life secret Muppet adventure. I felt like I was in a movie. I felt like I was in an alternate universe. I never forget that story. I just wish that I had it on camera or video so I could see that. And moments like that are what I'm talking about when I say there are one of a kind experiences at Disney theme parks that only cast members really get to experience. It's these moments where you accidentally feel yourself falling into a story and you get to live out these stories. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And that's I think that's the best way to put it too, is as a cast member, it's a different kind of magic. It's a different level of magic. And you get to be a part of the story in so many different ways. I mean, there's, again, there's so many stories and like we can go on forever about this, but that mm-hmm. to me was one of the ones that really stood out. I love, love that story. All right, now let's uh, move on. You want to talk about some of the off-duty time, what life was like back at Carnegie Hall, the DCP uh, participant headquarters. Yeah. I don't know why I'm calling it a headquarters. (laughs) It's the apartment complex. Marvel earlier. (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. Um, So so Carnegie Hall was another aspect of the Disney College program. You, You work in the parks, you have those magical moments, you get to experience guests, all these cool things. The other aspect of it is Carnegie Hall. And this is the apartment style complex where all of the, or most of the Disney College program participants are housed. Um, It's not free and they take it out of your paycheck, right? So you're still paying to live there while you're living in the parks. Um, But you have suite mates, you have roommates. Um, I think it's like a five-story building is if that's what I remember. Um, but this is again where everybody is housed and it very much is like that dorm or college experience where you have parties and you have just people walking in and out of each other's rooms and people running down the halls. I think the lights went out one time and I think there was even a Nerf gun fight or a water gun fight during that time. Um, but again, it's just, it's just kind of like chaos. You put all of these you know, young adult, lower 20, mid 20 group of people together. And they're all just wanting a party and have a good time. (laughs) And they're all housed in this one spot. So I think for me, Carnegie Hall was really special because when you're away from the parks and when you're kind of in your downtime and you're trying to just refresh from, you know, working so hard and being out there all day is you get a chance to make memories with the people that are also going through the trenches with you and you get to meet other people who are, are like-minded um, people who have different opinions, people from different walks of life. Um, I mean, we had people from all over the country and at one point I think we had a group of individuals come from South America, Brazil, probably it was Brazil, I think. And that was a huge deal. I remember people were saying like the Brazilians are coming or something like that. Um, and actually, hold up, hold up. I feel like this deserves some context because <laughs> yeah. uh, this can be misinterpreted. I believe Disney College program has a specific time frame where they recruit students from Brazil 
during their summer vacation. So there's a particular time block. The Brazilian students come in. It was just another group of, of people who were elected as students, like Brian was saying, to, to come in and experience the parks, uh, move into the dorms, that kind of thing. So again, it just kind of speaks to the um, the fact that you get to meet so many different people. And I made all kinds of friends. Obviously, you and I had a connection and we're from different parts of the country. I was able to do that with um, a few number of other people as well. So not only are you building those friendships and relationships in the park, you really get a chance to have those moments and, and those fun nights, those late nights where you're just watching a movie with someone or you're having a dinner with somebody. Uh, Brian cooked me dinner once. He's like, hey, do you wanna come over? I'm making food. And I was like, sure, I'm, I'm a broke college student. You know, I'll come over for some free food. And we had dinner in your, um, in your dorm room, in your apartment room, so. Again, Carnegie Hall was cheap, like oven food, right? Because I'm not a cook. It was, I think (laughs) it had to be chicken tenders and fries. That's that's it had to have been. Right. It was (laughs) it was um it was like a I think it was like a bratwurst. It was like a sausage. It was like a sausage and like rice or something like that. I think that does not (laughs) sound like me. I, I think you're misremembering the food. I'm sure I've got a picture somewhere. I will look for it. But it okay. it was something that was not like... We'll adjudicate this later and uh, okay. Photoshop the photo <laughs> in if you find it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a four-course meal or anything. It was just, again, another simple fact that you make these connections with people. Mm-hmm. You get to come over. And it was a blast. So, yeah, Carnegie Hall was very special. I recommend if you can stay there, if you can live there while you're doing the college program, it's going to be an experience as wild. So uh, I, I, I remember learning something about myself through hanging out with you. And I don't remember, I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you have the video still. Do you remember the night we drank and I got particularly wasted? And you were like, afterwards, I, I know I blacked out. And then afterwards I wake up and you're like, hey, uh, Brian, do you know that like you skip while you're drunk? No, and I don't remember this. You don't remember this? Uh, but yes, you said uh, you skip while you drunk while you're drunk. I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, I got a video. And you show me the video, and it's me skipping down the hallway. And someone said, it might have been Daryl, said, he looks like goddamn Bambi. <laughs> I I believe it a hundred percent. I was probably a little drunk there with you, which is why I don't remember all of those drunk nights. I'm going to look for that. I'm going to look for that somewhere. But you know what? It doesn't surprise me. Um, I didn't I didn't know that Brian was much of a drinker or really drink at all. I think one of the first times that we actually met was when we took that Hollywood Horror Nights tour. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah, I think that was when we first really started to like hang out. Um, and I knew who you were. And we all went we, on a bus together. Yeah, but we can't advertise the other theme park. That's right. No-go. <laughs> That's right. No, that's right. No, hold on. Actually, I got a funny story about that because uh, I didn't get scared the entire time. And then I realized someone fell back from our group and we were going through like one of the mazes with the zombies and whatnot. And then I went back to go find them. And one of these bastards saw me going the wrong way and realized I'd have to turn into the correct direction at some point. So this bastard's like a foot behind me, just following me. And then when I find the person, I turn around and I am like face to face Face with the zombie (laughs) and I jump three feet in the air. 
And I'm just like, all right, you got me that time. Like that was a good one. That's awesome. Honestly, that's yeah, that was that was a very, a very fun night. You seem so unfazed by it all. You're very just like a, a kind of nonchalant go with the flow. And you were just kind of like hands in your pocket, like, hmm, hmm, hmm. So I, like, it doesn't I was trying to. I didn't want to be scared. Yeah. I, I was trying to like keep a persona so that I wouldn't be mm-hmm. looked at as like a wimp or nothing. And then well, one bastard got me. <laughs> they always do. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was, I think, the first time that that we had hung out and mm-hmm. we really started to hang out. But yeah, as far as like the drunk moments, definitely does happen a lot. Disney, Carnegie Hall, it's definitely dry. Usually, it's something that people do. That Carnegie <laughs> Hall's not dry. They so they promote it to be that way. They're not advocating for you to be dry, but that's that's not the case. So I was just yeah. saying, I broke a lot of <laughs> rules. If that's the case, yeah, I very yeah. Fre- frequently was a rebel. Then I did not. Then I didn't know. Well, yeah. And that was actually another part of it too. So I think that kind of, that kind of opened me up. It sounds like it it did the same for you. Was I, not that I wasn't really much of like a drinker, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I talked to people that I wouldn't normally talk to. I was definitely more myself. I had a lot of fun. I remember on Halloween night stumbling into different people's rooms and and they were singing. And uh, do you remember Maddie? Yeah, I remember Maddie. Okay, so she was near a party that we had went to, a costume party in one of the rooms. And I just remember stumbling out of that room and I just, their door was open and they were singing. So I went in there and started singing Disney songs with them. And I'm pretty sure we sang A Whole New World. And um, and that's how I met her. And that's how like we kind of became friends and we started talking. And so, yeah, that was, that's that's all that we did. We drank and we sang and we danced beautiful merry time yeah it really was so speaking of uh yourself you said you wanted to discuss some of how the disney college program influenced your path to self-acceptance do you want to start Mm -hmm. diving into that yeah because we've talked about that a little bit right so you feel a little little bit bit more free you're away from home you're with other people who are you know kind of going through the same thing that you're going through um so i had actually just before i went to the college program i had just started coming out to some of my friends. Um, and that was the first thing I'd done it. My family still didn't know at that point. Nobody, I had not spoken to anybody. They didn't know anything. Um, so when I went to the college program, I told myself, okay, this is a chance for me to accept myself. This is a chance for me to be brave and just be who I am. And the very first night that we went out, um, which I think was night one or night two, um, I went out with my roommates. I said, hey, I want to tell you guys something. And I came out to them and I said, you know, this isn't um, for any particular reason other than I just want to be myself and I want you guys to know who I am. And they were both extremely, extremely accepting. You know, Daryl and you know, Josh, Mm -hmm. Daryl, super open, fun, loving guy. He was he always has like the right things to say. You know, he kind of has that experience of he's had friends who are, um, you know, LGBTQ+, all of that. So he he was like, you know what? Thank you for feeling brave enough to tell me that. I appreciate that, but don't worry about it. We're, you know, we're friends. Um, and they never treated me any differently. So that was the first time that I had really, two strangers had opened up and started to really accept myself. So that was kind of like a snowball effect. I remember kind of just I think for me, I was like, all right, I got to come out to people, which is always a weird thing to talk about, right? Why do why does anybody have to come out? 
um, I felt like I had to, and that was just a part of my own journey. Um, no one else's in particular, but, um, I, I think that in itself was such a huge moment for me because not only am I working for Disney, I'm away from home, but I'm starting to come out and I'm starting to smile for the first time. Actually, I had a friend who was my supervisor mm-hmm. that I worked with before moving over here. And she told me, she's like, you know, I'm looking at all of your photos and you're smiling and every single one of them, you just look so happy. And that was like a moment for me that I realized too, I had held back so much of myself prior to that, that I didn't realize that. And, and I have all those photos and I have all those videos and I'm smiling and I'm happy. And you can just, you can tell when someone is just accepting of themselves. Um, so that was my journey. And my journey was really just throughout the entire college program is being able to just say who, who I was and what I was about. Um, but also not letting that define me and then just, just being who I was and, and making friends making memories and getting to connect with people like you, like my roommates and some other friends that we made. But that was, that was my journey. And I feel like other people had similar journeys, maybe not necessarily coming out, but they were kind of getting away from something to find out who they were and what, what it was that they wanted to do. And you see that in so many different people, um, at least through the Disney college program is you see they're trying to find their place, their group, um and it was a good mix of people it wasn't it wasn't clicky you had your friend groups that was definitely for sure but i think people were open to exploring who they were and and nobody was really judging of that so for me i'm always thankful for the program for giving me that experience um and allowing me to become who i am today that's beautiful thank you for sharing your story um yeah i mean i can i i didn't have the same experience. Um, but I mean, I think I do accredit the program for leading me as well down the path of who I became, like just being confident in who I was and being happy with who I was. And I, I definitely relate to that. And I do, I don't really know what it is about the program. I think it's a, I think it's a combination of the acceptance, the accepting environment. And then in addition to that, it, I do think leaving home and leaving what's comfortable is such an important part of self-growth as well. Because mm-hmm. yep. when you have these um, comforts and easy modes to fall back into and like barriers that you don't know if you can even knock down, just going somewhere else for even a little bit and starting from scratch, it just it allows you to really figure out who you want mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, um, it, it's a really beautiful path that you uh, walked and I'm glad it, it worked out for you. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's all about the environment. Like you said, if the environment is a supportive, the environment is open, you'll be able to cultivate that. And I think that's definitely what happened. And it's, um, it's funny because, you know, you're in the happiest place in the world and you have these little moments of, okay, sometimes you're, struggling sometimes you're trying to figure out who you are sometimes you have those little bad moments but in the end when you look back it was all very magical we had moments where we connected like you said we had moments where we drank and we sat on the couch or we sat outside of Carnegie Hall and we talked through just different things that we were going through in life and I actually remember one of the the last night we hung out it was me you and Lewis and we drove you to LAX because you were leaving home a couple of days earlier than the rest of the group Mm -hmm. and that was a really cool 
I just remember us having life conversations in the car on the way there. We kind of said our goodbye. One of the last things you told me too is, you know, it's not necessarily a goodbye. You know, I kind of, we're kind of those friends where time will go by, but when we do meet again, it's like no time had passed at all. And we can have those conversations and we can talk and connect. And that's exactly what it is. And it's funny to think that that was exactly eight years ago. And I remember that night. And then here we are talking now. And it's like no time has passed at all. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And then um, also there, if you don't mind me sharing your news, uh, your story is uh, going really well since your uh, self-acceptance path. Aren't you on mm-hmm. the... Uh, do you want to tell everyone or show up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually, okay. So when I was working at Disney, I was actually texting who is now my husband, um, Jeremiah. So while I was working there, he was actually back home in Arizona and he had added me on Facebook through a mutual friend. We started talking. So we were texting at that time, but I'm still with that same person. It's eight years later. We're married um, due to the whole pandemic and all of that fun stuff. We couldn't have the the actual wedding that we wanted. So on paper, we're married as of March, but this December, we're having the ceremony that we didn't get to have and the celebration with close family and friends. So again, who I was then versus who I am now, completely different. I'm definitely more myself. I would not, if you would have told me back then that this is where I was going to be, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have believed you, honestly. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm, married but i'm also getting married <laughs> so yeah okay so going into the uh final stretch here um i mean you kind of already touched on it but would you like to speak any further about like looking back on that experience and how like the ripple effect the path it led you on now yeah you know i'd say just really looking back um it was it was a it was a journey of exploration of self acceptance self discovery, um, you know I got to see magical moments happen I got to make magical moments happen, I got to meet people from all walks of life and they had a part to play in my story, and it was such a short blip right the Disney College program for me was I think about four or five months, but it had one of the biggest impacts on my life. And I always refer back to that. It was always like that fork in the road. Had I gone to Disney, had I not gone to Disney, mm-hmm. where my life would have been. And I think things would have worked out. You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty open and positive person. And, you know, I know that this is where I was always meant to be. But Disney really accelerated that. The program set forward like those dominoes of I'm going to be more open. I'm going to be more happy, more positive more honest. I'm going to communicate better. I'm going to, you know, strengthen my friendships. And so I really think that that time set me on a path to where I am today. So kind of to answer your question, it has almost everything to do with it, um, with getting me to where I am today and and who I am as an individual. But um, where I am now, that time spent there really helped to accelerate it. It helped to get me there quicker, if that makes sense. Oh, it absolutely makes sense. And what would you say to like people looking at the program, like looking from the outside, considering mm-hmm. whether it's a good path for them? Oh, I freaking do it. Like if you have any reservations, if you are doubting, just do it. And you, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. You know, if you have the opportunity to move, if you have the opportunity to um, go to either one of the programs, I can't really speak on on the Florida program. I didn't go there. I was um, in Cal- I was in California. Um, for land. 
But if I you did were both. thinking They're of both wonderful. Okay. And so that, I'll vouch that for the other. really good to hear. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's really good to hear. So I say do both. You're going to meet so many different people. You're going to experience so many different things. It's going to be eye-opening. Don't listen to anything that's negative. Negative comes with everything, right? So we're always going to have those little moments of this really stinks or I'm tired or, you know, I want to go home. But when you really look back at it all, it, it makes such a difference. And it is so much fun. And you're going to have a blast. And it's going to be something you are never going to forget. So do it, do it, do it, do it. Absolutely. I'd, I'd agree. I mean, not- not yeah, just it, just the positive impact it has on your life. Like I just, I wouldn't change any, any of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, bud. I thank you so much for joining us. I think, uh, I think that we're at time. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing this, your beautiful story and being one of my first guests to help me launch this podcast. You've been amazing. Of course. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun connecting and and getting to talk about it. So I appreciate you. Thank you again to Andrew for sharing your stories with us. Hope you all enjoyed this episode of Living the Dream podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify. Follow us on social media. And if you would like to be a future guest, email us at livingthedreamofficialpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us and I'll see you all again real soon. Living the Dream podcast executive producers are Nick Light, Brian McDevitt Jr., and Julia Sola. It's engineered and edited by Julia Sola. Show music provided copyright-free by The Poisoned Youth. Thank you for listening.